First of all, I want to thank everybody. Anytime you get 40 sponsors on a class, you know the class is important. And I am so grateful for all the sponsorships. Special, I want to congratulate a very good friend of mine, Beryl, and his wife, Jenny, that just got married last night. I remember coaching Beryl myself to get to the, to get to the goal line. He knows he had many obstacles. And Bizrat Hashem, I've been very instrumental in helping a lot of single guys get married. The reason why I'm giving this class tonight and, and, and the importance of this class is, first of all, I want to talk to my, tw- I would be talking to my 23-year-old self right now. And how, what would I tell my 23-year-old self when I was in that position? What would I tell him? What would I tell him today? I'm getting married. I see today there's a, there's a big issue today. And the big issue is a lot of guys are not interested in getting married. There's a lot of lost souls and a lot of single girls and people are, people are getting into despair and people, we, we need to change the meaning of marriage for guys. We need to change the meaning. We need to start recognizing why we don't want to get married. It's a problem for a Jewish guy, 25, 30, 35 to say, I don't want to get married. I just want to have fun. I just want to relax. I don't want to be bothered. It's a problem when we say those words. That means your soul is not, doesn't want the second half of the earth soul. When a guy says, I don't want to get married, you have, you have, you have, a, you have, a, you have somebody else waiting for you and so, kids and wealth and health and so much on the line. So that I recognize the problem today is that a lot of guys don't want to get married or they got married and they have fear of getting remarried again. So there's a lot of guys on the sideline. Of course, there's issues with the girls, but really, according to the Torah, it's the guy's job to find the second half of his soulmate. You guys need to understand something very clearly. The job of my classes is to change people. I'm not here to make money out of these classes. I'm not here to sell you an app. I'm not here to sell you a, a, a book on marriage or anything like that. I have absolutely no intentions. In fact, all the money that gets donated, I just donate it to other causes. There's zero intention. I'm a, and thank God I'm already married with five children. So when I'm talking to you, this class, I'm talking to you from the heart. And there's one subject that I know very well is this subject. I might not know Gamara 100% well, I can, but this is a subject that I've lived with. I see it black and white for the past. So when I'm telling you these classes, oh, what does he know about this? You could almost take this to the bank. There's many classes that I tell you, you know what, maybe I made a mistake, but I can tell you this class, you could take it to the bank. And this is one of the things that saved my whole life. And today, I owe this is why I do this. The only reason why I do this is just to pay gratitude to Rabbi Nachman's teachings for helping me where I was when I was 23 years old, 22 years old. I was lost, confused, dating non-Jews, anxiety, depressed. That was me. And today, my whole life has changed 10,000 times uh, difference. And I've changed, thank God, thousands of people and there's certain ways to talk to people and if you tell them listen i want to get you you should get married because it'll help you get close to hashem uh, i don't know if you can tell people on that but if you tell them you know what you're suffering financially there's a financial aspect in getting married there's a financial aspect in keeping the bridge all of a sudden everybody wants to be everybody wants to have success nobody wants to be poor nobody wants to be broke so this class, again, I hate to tell it to you, it's going to be very direct. It's going to be very direct. It's going to be to the point, because that's my style. Obviously, I'm not here to do anything else but to help change people. I can't tell you how many guys that I know, unfortunately, with porn addictions, with, master, with marijuana addictions. And they're wonderful guys, beautiful guys, tremendous talent, held in a jar, held all this potential. You have Jewish, beautiful Jewish souls that are getting up at one o'clock in the, mo- in the afternoon to wake up because of their addictions. You have Jewish souls today that are, they stop looking. They'd rather date non-Jewish and they'd rather not be bothered with the role of marriage. That's a problem. Imagine if a sports star says, you know what? I don't want to play in the NBA. I'm happy. I'm happy being on the bench. You have to, each one of us has a soul and that soul desires something. 
when we stop desiring stuff, when we stop wanting more in life, we got a big problem. This is exactly what the job of the Yetzirah is, is to cool us off. So when we start getting cooled off in life, there's no greater there's no greater issue than that. There's no greater problem in life than to be cooled off. That means you can go, you can fail. As long as you keep on getting up, as long as you keep on desiring, even if you're falling, but once you get cooled off, you become cold. And this is what's happening today. So remember, the purpose of this class, I don't want you to focus on the shame. I don't want you to focus on the guilt. What's happened, happened. Believe me, I was in darker places than everybody was. I was throwing parties in South Beach. Believe me, I don't want you to focus on the despair. I want you to focus on the repair. And today, you're in, you're, we're in the partial of the Mabu of Noah, and we know the, the majority, the reason why the flood of Noah was definitely because of immorality. So this is definitely a subject that's very close to our hearts, and this is a subject that you're looking in this Parsha, you're, this is the main reason why this Parsha. So you could see that God, there's one thing that God despises, and this is the problem, and one of the things he despises the most is this problem. And that's why this problem happens to bring the most, the most darkness to the person. So the fact that the, the, the girls, girls always want to get married more. It's, they're much more spiritual than we are. They're really here to help us. But when, when the problems today are two problems, number one, people are afraid to get married, maybe because they're not, they're not making enough money, or they're afraid they're not going to be a provider, or they're just fear of failure. Maybe they got, to, you know, I myself was divorced, I got remarried. The second reason when people don't want to get married is because they're too, they're too wound up with desire. Too many hookups, too many girls. And they're like, why would I commit to something when I'm having so much fun? And like we said in life, before a fish dies, it has a lot of fun. It's flapping, it's dancing, it's this. It's having a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, after the party's over, you fall in life. And this is what I want to prevent to you guys. And I want to wake you guys up. And I want to give you guys an, a, a class with nothing but sources. These are not my ideas. These are the ideas from Rav Nachman. And the one thing you have to be in life is just be open-minded. So if you're struggling financially, if you're disconnected spiritually, if you have brain fog, if you have this disconnect and you feel lost in life, despair, these are very connected to a person spilling the seed. So remember, I can hook up with a girl, but there's collateral damage called kripot. That means just because you get physical with somebody doesn't mean there's not collateral damage. Of course, the physicality has a price to it. So what do kripot? Kripot are negative energies that attach to us when we're when when a person spills seed or when a person hooks up with with, with a girl who's not proper he develops kripot. and again my point to this class is one thing for you guys to have the awareness and just to think about the change and to get you to want more things my, my point to this class is not anything else but to give you the evidence and to tell you how much making money and keeping the bridge and getting married has such a connection. And the Torah tells us many, many times things. So I'm going to tell you first the information, then I'm going to tell you how to fix it. And then I'm going to tell you the, the, some of the things we could do also to help ourselves with it. So the Torah is very clear on this concept of in less than 87, Rav Nachman is very clear. He says you could lose your soulmate as a result of failing to guard the Brits. That means failing to guard the Brit today would be, uh, God forbid, pornography addictions, masturbation, uh, sex with other girls, etc. This is considered failure to guard the Brit. Specifically, the worst thing is masturbation, pornography. What happens is you can actually not only lose, you can lose the person you're married to, but you can prevent that person from coming to you. So what does that mean in English? That means you show up to a date and the girl doesn't have nothing to do with you. She's despised by you. She, sees, she, she doesn't feel your energy. What happens is what these, what, what these things do to us is they make us lose our spirituality, make us lose our energy. So when people come and, hey, I have a shidduch for you, I have a, a soulmate for you, they come to you and they're like, no, I don't want to be with that guy. They don't even know you. And they already see in your face, they see your energy that something's off. 
And that's what causes them to, to run away from you. And the, the way to fix it is the complete opposite by fixing them. So number one reason, the number one thing is you can lose your soulmate. Now, if you tell me, listen, Gedalia, right now I'm only 24. Let me have fun until I'm 28. And then when I'm 28, you'll find me somebody. <laughs> it doesn't really work like that. Because while you're from 24 into 28, you're going you're gonna to chase away your soulmate. You're going to cause her to distance you. That means the more you fool around, the more you, you get involved in the situation in life, the more your soulmate goes like this. It's like literally the, 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 the law of attraction. When you go like this, she goes like this. When you start repairing it and you get closer to God, she comes to you. Literally, either she goes away from you or she comes closer to you. So it really has nothing to do with looking for the one. It has to do with becoming the one. That means to the extent that I work on my spiritual purity, my wife, my potential wife, my zivug, she'll come straight to me. That's how it works. That's how the spirituality, the law of attraction of this works. So you have to understand something. The more we get distracted in life, the more she runs away from you, the harder it is. So there has to be a price in the beginning of starving your distractions and feeding your focus. That means the more we get distracted in life, the less likely we're going to attract the soulmate that we want in our lives. Number one, um, number one, that, that should be enough. So remember, remember, it's not that the girl doesn't attract her soulmate. It's the guy's job to attract the second half of his soulmate. It's not the girl's job. Remember, her real goal in this world is to help you. She can, like the Torah says this week, either she's helping you or she goes against you. Understand that. Don't put. The weakest thing, the last thing you want to do in this world is blame a girl for, oh, she's, she's not ready for me. She's not religious enough. She's not that. You don't want to do that. We have to take 100% responsibility in order to attract who we're supposed to attract. Number one. Number two. Number two. As far as wealth, as far as wealth, Rabbi Nachman says, how do I draw wealth? So what's the problem today? The problem today is people are afraid to commit because, oh, I'm not making enough money or um, how do I know I'm going to provide? I'd rather wait till I make a lot of money and then I'll get married. Completely wrong approach. The way in Judaism it works is once you get married, you will make the money. The money comes as a blessing on account of the wife. It comes not before. It comes afterwards. So you could see here there's an element of trust and an element of Amuna. Because most guys I hear, how can I get married, take care of kids? Look at my look at my look where I am today. Am I making enough money? Look at the, your job. This is why people in Israel get married really quick, because they're not worried about that. And then things come. If you don't know this, you can get completely get get stuck on fear. And this is where Rab Nachman says it clearly. Rab Nachman says it very it says anybody who 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 girds is going to assume the role of a provider to supply for his livelihood for those who are dependent upon him has to be a person with strength because he needs a certain level of authority. This is because the livelihood is connected to authority. What does authority mean? Responsibility. So when we sign up and you, you walk down the aisle and you all of a sudden say, I want to get married. Therefore, Rabbi Nachman says, when a husband girds himself to take responsibility for his wife, and obligates for him to provide for her, as is stated in the marriage contract. What does the marriage contract say, black and white? I will cherish, I will honor, and I will support you. He is granted a measure of authority, as it is written, he shall rule over you. One of the curses that Adam, that Chava got, was she was going to be dependent upon man. So what happens is, is Hashem blesses the man, and then through the money of the man, he provides his wife. And this authority is what's enable him to draw livelihood. So when you say, I will provide for you, I will cherish you and I will honor you and I will give to you, all of a sudden what happens is you all of a sudden created a vessel in order for Hashem to bless you. So it's like if you don't take the best if you don't take the job as the CEO, you're not gonna make the money as the CEO. If you don't take the responsibility of the better job, 
you're not going to make the money. So what happens is, if you're just waiting there for things to happen without taking the job, it's like asking for somebody for a higher salary, but he's not committing to the job. It's the most, obviously nothing's going to happen. So when we're stuck on fear, or when you're afraid to commit, because you're worried whether you're going to make it or not, and the girls also, the girls also have to trust that as long as there's peace, as long as there's love, as there's unity, you, the, the blessing will come. It will come on, on account of the marriage, on account of her. We need to understand that. So too many people are worried. That's why the older we get, the older we get, the more set in our ways we get, the harder it is to commit. Because, but the more simple we are and the younger we are and the less we, we, we stay in this decision fatigue, the harder it becomes to get married because all of a sudden you have like 30 factors before, you, people got used to get married young and they didn't worry about that. People would be going to school. Well, how do you guarantee it if you're going to school to make money? They just took a chance on life. They went with it. They went, went with it. They trusted Hashem. But today, it's, ah, I need a condition. I need to be guaranteed. And this is something that obviously does not work. And this is what the Torah says. The Torah is telling you black and white. The money comes afterwards. It doesn't come before. I'm going to give you another reason why. So this is, a, this, is, this is, if you want to take the source, just read the ketubah. The ketubah says, I will take responsibility. I will honor her. I will obligate, I will provide for her. Right there in the ketubah, it's telling you, when you take responsibility, you're creating a vessel, and through that responsibility, Hashem draws it based on malchut. Malchut is the blessing comes on, on, on behalf of you taking responsibility. So the more likely you run away from responsibility, the more likely your panasa runs away from you. The more likely opportunities run away from you. So today, not taking responsibility today is a big problem because it's either fear or desire or I don't want to deal with a headache. I already got married before. Why would I get married? And Ram Nachman tells us very clearly. He says, listen, you're not guaranteed shalom by You're not guaranteed to have peace 100% when you're married. We know that. But he says, if you stay single... Don't, don't worry. The, the problem is going to be in your head. It's, you're going to be stuck in here. So, but taking responsibility is something that we need to do. Reb Nachman now says, in Lesson 68, I'm going to give you more sources on why the blessing comes on account of your wife, not your girlfriend. Girlfriend, nothing. Wife, everything. So we need to start converting. We're not converting enough easy to get a girlfriend to commit it's not it's not it's not so easy and you could see in la average relationship i think last three months people are so excited people are so excited oh new girl i met and then everything fizzles out people get excited quickly and then it just fizzled out because they're waiting for you know all kinds of uh uh butterflies and, and goosebumps and 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 cinderella stickers you guys need to get out of Hollywood and get into reality. Everything comes afterwards. Don't look for too many things before. Of course, you need attraction. Of course, you need to be fall in love with the person, of course. But if you're waiting for this, like, you know, this uh, uh, fireworks show and, and, and goosebumps, and I think we have to get more into reality. I hate to, I hate to, break, it, I hate to break everybody's bubble, but people are constantly saying, do you like her? Yes. Yes. But I'm not feeling, I, one date I feel it, one date I don't feel it. You're going too much by feelings. Again, the midot, good midot, the girl has to have good midot. She has to have the willingness to grow. You have to be attracted to her, no question about it. But then you have to also recognize every girl, every situation that you're going to go through has a package that you're going to have to deal with. There's no such thing as perfection. And you need to recognize what can you be comfortable with. If you start becoming too picky, Rav Nachman says, that the more arrogance you have, it's a sign that you're very, you're very, you have a problem in this department. So there's, there's a connection between being too picky and having a problem with this problem with this department. I'm not telling you to settle, but when you get to be too demanding, it's a sign of pride and it's a sign of, God forbid, this issue. Ramachman says in Lesson 69 that money comes through the illuminance of her soul. We know that this part of the soul is the nefesh. And the nefesh is where the nefesh is the same part as the money comes from. And this is where Nachman says, a, 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 for a man's wealth only comes on the merit of his wife. This is from the Zohar. 
The Gemara says, when a man has a wife, he has a wall. When a man has a wife, he has no wall. Again, another source from the Torah telling you the connection between a wall represents wealth. No wall represents nothing. It says these aspects are the aspects of the light because wealth and the soul are rooted in the same place. And this is another source that we have that says that we should honor, our sages say we should honor a wife so we should become rich. What do you mean honor your wife so we should become rich? Because when you honor your wife, what are you doing? You're illuminating her soul. And what are you doing when you illuminate her soul? You just get the light right back to you. So there's three, four, five Torahs here that are telling you that it's the same concept. And this is what Kabbalistic refers, that the first level is the nefesh, and the nefesh represents the feminine side of your soul, and this represents your wife. So here we says that these lights are the aspect of wealth, the aspects of the, of the life. As the Zohar says, his wealth is, is, essentially depends on her. This is why when people get married, when they get divorced, why do you think the wife gets half? She gets half because she was responsible for half. Half of her soul brought you that mazal. So when she, when the mazal, when the wife goes, the half of the mazal goes also. Half of the wealth goes. So it's funny how today a person is obligated to give half of what he what he lo- what he makes to his wife. It's because really he really made it on on behalf of her soul. So that's why, obviously, this is a touchy subject. But technically, half of that money is hers because she really deserved it based on even spiritually, even if she didn't work, she was able to, you were able to make it based on the bracha that she brought you. Again, guys, I'm reading the Torah. Whether you like it, whether it doesn't bother you, or you, this is what it is. You can take it, absorb it, or if you don't like it, again, it can't make everybody happy, but at least be open-minded to these situations. Another thing, this is what our sages that this is from a Gemara Yavamot 62. One who lives without a wife lives without a wall, without wealth. For the wall is the aspect of wealth. And this is what it's saying here, that a rich man's wealth is a stronghold. And our sage is saying, this is in a Gemara Baba Matia, honor your wife in order that you should be wealthy. This is a Gemara Baba Matia 59a. So these are all sources in the Gemara, the Zohar, the Nachman teachings. These are not... Uh, Oprah Winfrey, this is not the Love Channel sources. These are sources that you could really, really take to the bank. And obviously, we know this is very simple. It's because she is the second half of our soul. So when a man comes from this world, he's empty. He's alone. She completes him. That's why it's very important to understand that women have a special gift of intuition. Why do, they, why do women have intuition? Because when they see somebody trying to do something to her husband, when they see some, somebody trying to rob her husband, the woman always advises she gets scared. She senses that somebody's coming to rob him. How come she sends it? Because she sees somebody's trying to attack the soul. So Ramachman says in Lesson 69 that when she sees somebody that's not honest, she already can pick him out right away. She could say, don't do business with that guy. Don't do business with that guy. Even if he doesn't say anything, she has a specific intuition that she's able to recognize who's trying to come to take part of the wealth of the soul. And that's why many people fight about it all the time. And the number one reason why they fight is what do they say? I told you not to do business with him. I told you he was a crook. I told you not to fail. I told you not to be friends with him. You didn't listen to me, blah, 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 blah. We hear that all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've heard that. And we hear that all the time. And, and the reason why is because they have a special intuition and they can see that people are trying to take part of the, of, of the blessing from them. And this is unfortunately through envy and through desire. But women have a very, very, women are Bina. Bina's intuition, so they can sense it. So technically, between you and me, your wife is really, she's really here to protect you. She's really here to protect the soul. So it's very important that we should all try to listen to her in these manners because she has more intuition than you could see, even if she doesn't know anything about that business you're in. And I can tell you right now, I've been wrong a thousand times and my wife's been right up a thousand times. And I'm like, why would you judge somebody? You don't even know them. And she was actually right. She was actually right because she sent something that I would never be able to sense. Because remember, guys are rooted in Chachma, women are rooted in Bina, in heart and feelings. So they have intuition, we have knowledge. You need both. So you could see how much of a role 
a wife is really there to protect the assets, or protect the wealth of the, of the, of the, of the family. So when you don't get married, you don't have protection. This is what the Gemara is telling you. When you live without a wealth, without a wife, you live without a wall. You don't have any protection. You don't have any protection from anything. You, the, the streets are very dangerous out there. There's a lot of intermarriage today. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dangerous things out there that are causing people to fall asleep spiritually, etc. Now let's talk about the connection between keeping the Brits and wealth. So Reb Nachman says here that the bitterness and the struggle to make a living primarily results from this from from a person being blemishing this problem. For a person who guards himself in the area, even though he gauges his work, he is going to merit. The word tal means blessing, do, but the same word means lot. I mean, if you take the word tal and you turn it around, it means lot. It means thirty-nine curses. So either you get the 39 blessings or you get the 39 curses. So right now, that's what he, that's what he explains to you. Another reason why we know this from, and he says, on the other hand, one who blemishes himself is pursued by poverty. He draws himself the yoke of a living with, with great struggle, bitterness, and he merits, instead of the 39 blessings, he gets the 39 lashes. Again, my purpose is not to scare you. My purpose is not to to frighten you, to keep you in shame. My purpose is to tell you, you're leaving a lot of blessing on the table. You're leaving a lot of wealth, a lot of health, because of the lifestyle that you're living, you're, le- you're, 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 you're leaving a lot of blessing on the table. And, and I think the purpose point of this class is what I tell people, it's you're losing the opportunity cost. You could say, look, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy, don't bother me. But look what you're, you, you think you're happy with, with with, with nonsense, you're not really, really happy compared to where you could be, compared to where your potential is. So you think, you oh, I'm happy. I'm, look, I'm living, I have an apartment, I have a BMW. Oh, you see, I'm living. You have a, a peanut mindset. You have a peanut mindset. The blessings that you're leaving on the table and the, and the, and, and the things that you're leaving on the table because you think you're happy with your BMW and your, and your one-bedroom apartment is not going to be the solution for the situation. Again, I'm sorry to sound so black and white, but people tell me that all the time. You're not living. You think you're living, but it's like a fish in a fish tank. That's where he is. His mind can't think out of the fish tank. That's, that's where his, his fish goes from here to here, but he thinks he's, he's free. Absolutely not free. You're not free because being free is being able to do the right thing. But Nachman also says here in the Zohar, the Zohar says that anybody who throws away bread is pursued by poverty. We're very careful on Shabbat to not throw away bread. And the reason why we don't throw away bread is because the Gemara says you're going to be poor. So everybody's very careful not to throw away bread. But what does bread really represent? Bread represents, obviously, sustenance, money. So one who throws away bread, Reb Nachman refers bread itself to the, the crumbs of your mind, which is a seed. So when you throw away bread, you masturbate, that can, you're throwing away, you're going to be pursued by poverty. Because throwing away bread and throwing away the crumbs of the mind is the same concept. Nachman speaks another person, another lesson here, which is also from Gemara Yoma, that one who has a wife sounds good, and one who hasn't obviously is pursued by problems. So there's, there's so much things here we can talk about. He says another time, those who lack fear, for example, when a person lusts after beauty from their heart, he's not going to, Nachman says he's not even going to have He's, he's not even going to have money for a, count of bre- for, for a loaf of bread. Gemara says that one who runs after harlots will not even have a loaf of bread. So you could see there's so much connection between money, parnasa, and, and getting married. Because when you, get, when you get married, a person can rectify this problem. How do you rectify this problem? Because he's married and he has, he can, he has relationships with his nidah. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the soul is blessed and, and his mazal changes. We know also another another source of this is Yosef Tzadik. Yosef he merited to, to to beat Potiphar, not to fall for the sin of Potiphar. Yosef Tzadik represents 156. 156 represents the numerical value of two times bread. So two times bread, you get the double portion. Who lost the firstborn was Reuben. 
How did Reuven lose it? Because he had a blemish in this part in this problem. So some of the symptoms when, when we're not doing this and we have an issue with the brain, obviously that you're gonna have despair, you're gonna have excessive sleep. That means if you're waking up super late, guaranteed this is the cause of it. Spiritual being cooled off, not wanting to pray, not even putting on the film, and just not motivated with anything spirituality, I can guarantee there's a there's a, some kind of uh, pornography addiction or a person is doing this problem. And these are the things that are making a person lose his spirituality, lose his spark. And, and, and when you lose your spark, the last thing you want to do is get married, keep Shabbat, wanting to have a family. And this is why you see a crisis today, that there's so many single girls and there's so many guys that are not even interested. So it doesn't make sense. How come the girls are interested and the guys are not interested? We have a big gap here. We have a big gap here. Advice for the girls. If you're with a guy, it's very important not to get physical before you get spiritual. Because if you get physical, what's going to happen is you're going to help him damage his problem. The more physical he gets with you, the less likely he's going to commit to you. Because back to the same problem. He's going to be cooled off spiritually. He's going to have, in his mind, he's going to say, is she the one? Is she not the one? Maybe she is the one. She's not. These confusions these, and these blockages that a person receives, it's only because of the klipot that come out of physical and physicality. And I'm telling you right now, guys, there's a lot of suffering here. There's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of people alone and there's a lot of despair. And it hurts, it hurts me. At least be open-minded to say, you know what? I see where this is going. I've seen at the end of the day, all the hookups, all the stories, all the guys' tales. At the end of the day, where did it get you today? I always ask somebody, oh, can you believe I had fun with that girl? Okay, I love it. Wonderful. How are we doing today? What, what do you have to show for all this fun? What do you have to show? What do you have to show? You have a, you have a trophy? Well, what do you have to show for all this, all this fun and all this partying and all this? What do you have to show? Nothing. Zero. There's nothing to show for it. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what do I have to show for it? The greatest wealth is going to be when you come home on Friday night to your, to your wife, to your kids, and you're going to feel like a million dollars. That is going to be greater wealth and contentment than whatever you're doing now that you think is, is making you happy and, 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 and choosing a different girl every day and all this. This is all nonsense. The greatest wealth is when you come home to a Friday night meal and you come home and you see your wife and you see your kids. That is your wealth. That is your spiritual wealth. That is what you're here for this world. You're here to populate. You're not here to go and, and, and just continue to flip, flip, flip apps and choose different girls every day and hook up. It shows you that the more, the more physical you are, the, lack, the more you lack spiritual. Because when a person is spiritually connected, he knows that the physicality is going to block him. So he'd be very careful on what he, what he, what he, how much physicality he takes. And he knows the more physicality he's going to get, the more confused he's going to get. So here you go. So again, this is not an easy, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but you have to understand everything. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay in everything in life. You have to choose the light that you're going to get. And like everything else in life, there's a price you have to recognize, get enough leverage to change. Hey, look, what am I losing? I'm losing Parnassa. I'm losing spirituality. I'm losing my soulmate, but I'm having a lot of fun. So you have to really, anytime you want to create lasting change, you really have to get enough leverage to change. So in order for to, to now let's talk about the change. Rabbi Nachman recommended reading Tikkun Klali. Tikkun Klali is one of the best ways to repair this problem of spilling seed. Obviously, you have to ask God that you should be helped to be able to, God forbid, spill seed, watching these unfortunate things. Because these things, what they're doing is they're just pushing away the blessing every single day. Every single day, the blessing is just pushed away, pushed away, pushed away, pushed away. The way you can attract it is exactly do the exact opposite of what you're doing. Now, you're going to tell me, well, I know a lot of guys that they're hooking up with is have plenty of money. Remember, I'm talking about money that you're going to enjoy, that it's not going to be a curse to you. That means some people have money, but that money is a curse to them that money becomes nothing but a curse. Then they can't even enjoy the money. So a sign that, you, that you're spiritual is you're content with less. 
for the time that you're very not spiritual, you always need more girls. You always need more, more, more. It's like a person eating. He always needs more food, more food, more food. But, but a person who eats properly, he, he's content. So it just shows how, how much of a slave we are to this desire. The more you need of something, it shows you the, how much more of a slave you are to that desire. And the more we're a slave to that desire, the less likely we're going to be connected spiritually. So I want to start taking some questions, God willing. But you have to understand that the majority of this work is on guys. I hate to tell it to you. It's really not the girl's real ju- It's really not the girl's job to go and pursue the guy. It's not, I mean, all the sources are also saying it's the man's job to find the second half of his soul. And what happens is when you lose that soul, that, that soul soulmate, it just gets transferred to another person. So you need to understand that, that we shouldn't despair, but we can start definitely the repair. Let's start taking some questions so people can get more. Okay, uh, sure. Any have specific questions on this issue? Sure. So this is from a matchmaker. I'm a mar- I am married and I'm a matchmaker on one of the dating apps. The matches are done very properly and privately. Sometimes I feel defeated because the boys and girls rely on physical appearance as the decision reason to de- decline. Should I continue since I feel defeated and am I feeling down or is there something I can say or do to continue on the right path? Right. Listen, people, people need to be attracted to each other physically. I, I can't tell people not to be attracted physically. I, I would never marry somebody who I'm not physically attracted to. But the problem is, is you can have two physical attractions, and at the end of the day, when the physicality comes, it's not going to work out because their emotions are going to get, and they're going to get confused. So what you tell them is, we could, we're not, I'm not concerned with the first date. I'm concerned with what happens after the first date. So you should continue to do it, but you should tell people, listen, try, try listen, try not to get physical before, because the more you get physical, what happens in life is very simple. People want what they can't have. So once they get what they don't have, what they can't get anymore, it no longer becomes a challenge to them. So like anything in life, people want what they can't have. So if you give somebody too much of it too easy, he's not going to appreciate you anymore. So the girls are actually helping themselves by telling them, listen, I am not, I'm not getting physical until, until there's serious plans and want to get married and all that. And that would help them. They'll help the guy at least not get confused, which is what ha- is happening today. I, I can't, I live in Miami. I live in, listen, I got married after 60 days because I knew there was a formula. There's a formula to get married. If you start getting distra- distracted with the wrong girls, I would never be married. So I had a decision to make. I lived in Miami. I got divorced. I got remarried within 60 days because I know there's a formula. I know what's going to help me get married. And I know it's going to get me lost. So again, either you're going to lose yourself or you love yourself and you do the right thing by wanting. But remember, if we don't fix these issues, there's no way you're going to want to get married. The desire is gone. The problem is the desire that people are are not desiring to get married. And that's the problem. The desire is gone because they're too involved in too much physicality. That's what causes people, guys, not to want to get married. The next, the next uh, viewer said, I never had any relations or hooked up with anyone in my life at all. I am seeking, all I'm seeking is friendship strictly with girls. Never have I hooked up with any girls, not ever in my life, and I don't wish to do ever. Why do you say that platonic relationships are bad if you say that it is bad? That's what he says here. I don't understand the question. He's basically saying, why Why do you say that platonic uh, friendships with girls are bad? I'm not, I'm not saying platonic friendships with girls are, are bad. I'm, I'm, my instruction is, is is to tell you when you if you're serious and getting married, and, and you, you have to recognize you have to you, ha, you have to focus. It's not good also to have 15, 20 friends and looking for a soulmate because again you have to be focused. Sometimes Hashem wants you to be focused on one person because what happens when you start dating? They have all these friends. They're going to text you all the time, and it's going to it's going to create a problem. So the best thing to do is when you're really looking to get married, you have to really go all in. And when you go all in, it, re- it requires prayer. It requires you know keeping the bridge. It requires really focus. I mean, when you really say I need to get married, basically you need to cut everything out and go for the goal. That's how things happen. There's a difference between being interested and committed. 
And that's what I'm not telling you to not have any product detection uh, uh, relationships, but it's better if you're really serious to more focus on going all in. Okay. What if the person? But I never even said that. I never even said that in the class, by the way. Just so you know. Go ahead. I don't know where they got it from. Yeah, I don't know. I never said that. Go ahead. What if the person does not want to date, date their own friends that are girls because they are afraid that they might lose their friendship? I mean, without friendships, people die inside. I really value friendships sure. a lot. So is the marriage worth in the end of the day? The marriage is worth at the end of the day. That's what, what I'm mean? saying in terms of like dating yes. his own friends you have to have... and the possibility of I know, losing. You're, you're not here to have tons of friends. You're here to get married. I mean, there's a time for friends and there's a time to settle down. There's a time to get married. You'll have a couple friends when you get married. But again, you need to understand, yes, you don't want to ruin relationships. You want to have, hang out a lot. But there's, again, we don't want to spend too much time when we're when our prime of our lives, when it's time to pursue goals and pursue life and pursue things. It's just there's too much. The problem is there's too much hanging out. Nobody's moving. And that's why there's such a crisis today. Everybody's just hanging out everywhere. You got to move. You got to move. What do you go to singles events for? Just to hang out? You got to get married. People, you go to a job fair, no jobs. So yes, I understand the friends. I get it. But you have to, Hashem wants you to pursue, to have a family and, and, and procreate. You have to, and you can also have, a, your friend could be your wife also. It doesn't mean your, your friend cannot be your wife. It's the best relationships is when, is when you, you can make your friend your wife, if, if that's the type of relationship you have. Okay, what if you're with a person that's not as spirit, spiritual as you are? Should you move on forward with marriage? You have to pray for it. You have to pray for it. And again, my, my wife is not on the spiritual level that I was on, but I saw that she had a lot of desire, and she really wanted it. And so if there's something, somebody's hungry and they really want it and they're interested in it, yeah, it, it could be good. But again, you have to you have to know who you are and you have to know your situation. But what what's killing you is fear and and not being serious. That's what's killing us. Fear and not being serious. That is a problem. When you have fear of oh, what's going to be, if it's going to work, if it's not, or you have fear of uh, oh, how am I going to make enough money? This is just going to keep you in the sidelines. You understand? And then you're going to come up with an excuse saying, "I'd rather just have friends." You see how the Yetzirah is very good. He does, he knows. The Yitzhahara is not some old uh, story. He knows how to play with your mind exactly what you want to hear. So after an excuse, after fear, usually comes an excuse. Do you understand? And we need to understand the way the Yitzhahara plays. He, he knows exactly how to deal with you. But your job in 2020 is to go get married and pursue a wife, not pursue a thousand friends. Not that's not what he wants from you. Okay, in terms I hate of, to tell you. In terms of getting married and then becoming wealthy, doesn't the Rambam say a man should first buy a house and then find a wife? I don't know that source exactly, but according to the to the the, the issue doesn't mean you don't again, I'm not saying the guy should be completely broke. I'm saying don't wait to make a million dollars to get married. Don't wait for these things. The whole point here is to say Yes, you have to have a job. You have to be. You have to have some kind of stability. Of course, nobody wants to be not stable. But the main concept that your desire should be, if you're going to buy the house, it should be for the wife. It shouldn't be, I need to make enough money so I get married, then I'll get married. It shouldn't be that. What we're saying here in the class, from all these sources, is that the wealth always comes after. Usually, it comes. I remember, it comes. It really comes on account of her. I know even the first and the second marriage. The the, the the mazal and, and the blessings really came afterwards. They were not they didn't come before. Okay. And you and you, and you have to understand something. So you're gonna wait to buy a house and how about if you don't get to buy a house? You're not gonna get married? So I, I don't know how that if that's really the best scenario sometimes. The bottom line is we have to understand what's chasing away the blessing. And usually if a man is single, it's very hard not to fall into this problem. So that's why you're almost going to guarantee to fall into this problem, specifically what's going on today and, and all the temptations. So you have to have a game plan and you have to have desire. I'm not telling you, listen, you're going to fall. You're not going to fall. 
We just want you to go in the right direction. The problem is, is we don't have no direction. And that's a bigger problem when there's no direction. Okay. Is there any source in the Torah go ahead. for guys having cold feet to get married? I just gave you a hundred sources just now. A hundred sources I just gave you. Read the class. Read the first, listen to the first 30 minutes of the class. I gave you 30 sources okay. on having cold feet. It comes on, on account of her wife. Fear is normal to have because something good in life is going to come. But the cold feet is coming because the Yetzirah doesn't want you to get married. The bottom line, anytime you're hesitating to do something, usually the hesitation is stopping you from spirituality. You're not going to have cold feet. You know what? Let's go watch Netflix. I have cold feet watching Netflix. Did you ever hear that? Let's go to the heat game. No, I have cold feet. I have cold feet. I don't want to go to the heat game. Let's go have dinner. I have cold feet. Did you ever hear something like that? You only have cold feet when it's something essential for your soul. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of obstacles and barriers and confusions. The cold feet is really coming from things you probably should be doing. Or move to Florida, you warm up. But you see that, look what I said in the beginning of the class, fear, fear and desire are the two things that are stopping a person from committing. There's too much, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I set people up. Right now I don't have as much time to do it as I used to. But it's just, there's a beautiful couple, everything's good, there's a couple issues. And no, it's just, just there's a lack of, there's too much fear, too much fear of going all in. There's just too many, I've seen too many of them go bad for absolutely no reason. These people should have been married already. Just too much, too much looking for perfection. Not realistic. It's not a realistic because if you ask anybody who's married, if you ask anybody who's married, they'll tell you it's completely different than what I thought. Much more of a challenge than what I thought. You're not guaranteed that your spouse is going to be exactly the way you think you were going to, you're going to get. I mean, anybody who's married who has a little common sense will tell you this exactly, that whatever you think life is, you were planning for your life, you probably got a different challenge in your life that you never would have thought you would have gotten. So what could women actually do? It seems like everything is coming from the man's side. The man has to pick up his game. So what prayers do women say? What could women do to attract their soulmate? Right, right. So again, women, women can, through prayers, they can change their soulmate. They can also be careful not to judge the guy too quickly. They can also go there for, but, uh, but you know, a woman needs a confident guy. That's why I can never tell a wife, I can never tell a girl, go out with him, but he has no confidence. It's going to be a big turnout for her. So that's why, I, I mean, honestly, you know, and I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. This is not a one-time thing. I live in Miami. I see it. A girl has to look, has to look, look up to a guy. If you're going into a marriage that the girl's not looking up to the guy, it's, it's not going to have a good ending. So it's really, the girl has, obviously, she, she has to try not to get too physical with a guy. She has to pray. But I, I, I'm telling you, it pains me. And I have two daughters, and it pains me. Just even think think about what's going on with the amount of the amount of guys fooling around and guys I'm, I'm not a rabbi i'm a very modern guy i'm not an extremist but i'm trying to tell you if there's one thing that you have to listen to me is you have to listen to me in this area because this area is costing you so much it's costing you so much and it, and it is the elephant in the room that nobody's talking about it because it's not a jewish thing to talk about not a Jewish thing to talk about. They'd rather talk about something else. I don't blame some rabbis. They're not comfortable with it. But I'm not here to gain popularity. I'm here to fix things. I'm here to tell you what are the issues. And, I'm, and I've been on the streets, and I know what the streets, and I know the market, and I know the game, and I know what's happening. So this is something that has to be tackled. And the guys, really, the job is on the guys. The majority of the job is the guys' responsibility. It's not really the girls that much of a girls' responsibility. I hate, again, I, I hate to tell it to you. And I feel very pa painful for the girls that there's a lot of, there's, there's not enough guys committing, but at least let's talk about it and let's get the guys back into the market. You know, I'm working personally right now with 20 guys that are, 
major, you know, sex issues and pornography issues, that those guys change all of a sudden, their resolve is going to change, and there could be candidates for beautiful girls to, to get married to. So these, I have, I'm working on candidates that once these guys do teshuva, they're going to get married and they're going to meet somebody who is single. But this is the issue that has to be talked about. Bottom line. Okay, this is from a viewer. I'm in my mid-20s. I've never been married, but a few of my close friends have divorced their husband for whatever reasons. I know that you don't really know someone until you live with them. How could I avoid getting right. into issues like this for my future? This is just one of my biggest fears right. about marriage. Well, listen, it happened to me. It happened to me. I got divorced. And in life, something, sometimes in life, you can plan everything to, everything to be perfect in life. And sometimes things are going to break. But what you should do is not worry about what people think. Who cares? Bottom line, you have your own mission. So if it doesn't work out, at least you took a shot. You, the last thing you want to do is say, I, I never got married because of regret. You know what the richest place in the world is right now? It's a cemetery. All ideas people had. Oh, I should have done that. I never did. That's the last thing you want to do. You want to, move, you want to live life. And if, you, if it works, doesn't, if it's a fear, it doesn't work out. So you get remarried just like me. I'm very happy. Never do you want to make a failure, make your self-esteem. You're not good enough. It didn't work. It didn't work happens all the time. Unfortunately, today, marriage, divorce is a very common thing. And I, I, I hate to tell it to you, but you, it shouldn't sh make you shy from not taking a chance in life. And I think God made me go get through the divorce in order to teach these classes, just to show everybody that, guys, you can go through hardships and you can move on. There's no shame about it. You're not less of a person. God forbid. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work out. Bottom line. If you have a business, it doesn't work out. You do another business. I hate to make it so practical, but it's all Hashem's will. It's all Hashem's will. But if you, if you, if you, if you to be honest with you, I can tell you there's a lot of divorces and a lot of the issues of divorce was, was these issues of, God forbid, um, improper spilling the sea, pornography, even from religious Hasidic families. You would never think in a million years that this is the issue, but they called me a little bit too late or excessive marijuana use. So what happens when you stop growing, this is the key to marriage. When you do what you did in the beginning of the marriage and there won't be an end. But when you do, when you get into marriage and you start getting comfortable and you let yourself go and things happen, and this is how we lose the spark. So you always want to keep things fresh. Okay. How can one continue trying to find their soulmate if they already lost their lost their soulmate through Averot. No, no such thing as losing. You can you can attract it right back. The whole point is I can do the exact thing that I lost to bring it back. There's no such thing as losing. You lost it temporarily. Now you bring it back, you attract it back. Same way. By by, by doing the exact opposite of how you, how you think you lost it. But we never lose anything. Even if you think so you lost it, it doesn't exist. You can always attract it back. That's the whole power of tshuva. This class is not to bring you to despair. This class is not to make you think you lost something. The whole point is to get you back on track. To get you back on track and to start attracting that person. Hashem, believe it or not, when you do tshuva, you, you become even greater than when you were before. So I don't want you to think about the loss. I want you to think about the game plan to bring her back. Okay, so what about uh, physical compatibility and dating? How does that work? This is coming from someone who is divorced and serious about being married. How do you know right. this person is for you in the area and not right, roll, physicality. roll the dice? Well, let me tell you something. You can have, I know people that have great physicality and terrible emotional uh, communication, and that doesn't work either. You get me? That guarantee doesn't work. Yes. Physicality, wonderful. But when it comes spiritually, emotionally, it's a disaster. So, but if you have emotionally spirituality, I think the physicality comes afterwards. Because if you hate the person, you can be physical with them, but you, you, the physicality, is, 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 they're not even going to want to sleep with you. They're not even going to have to deal with you. Believe me, when somebody doesn't want to deal with you and they think you're 
emotionally abusive person, they don't even want to look at you. So forget the physicality. So it goes to show you how much of the spirituality needs to, needs to go there. Because believe me, you could be the most handsome guy in the world, and if they don't want to, they don't want to look at you, and they think that you're doing something else. They're not even going to want to even think about having relationships with you. So definitely has to be, the emphasis must be on the on the other stuff. This is not an easy class, guys. Let's, let's be honest; it's not an easy class. There's nothing easy about this class. It's an elephant in the room, but it has to be discussed. And I'm telling you that the majority of the situations that I encounter. It's not really the girls. The girls want to get married. It's more the guys. Either fear or I'm not ready. I don't want to deal with a Jewish girl. It's too many headaches. I like this girl. She does She does everything I want. She takes care of me. She says, yes, yes. So you, you know, you're marrying basically a cheerleader. And that's not something you need. You, need, you, need, you, you both need to grow. You both need to grow. If there is already physicality in a relationship, how can a man approach the situation in the best way? Right. So just, yeah, I've been the same with what the physicality is doing. It confuses things. So a lot of believe me, I promise you, I don't think there's a person in the room that will tell you. You know that after the physicality, it's usually fights, emotional headaches. It's a lot of headaches that happen after physicality. We could all, believe me, everybody can account to that that there's always all kinds of headaches and, and all kinds of headaches that come out of it. So you need to understand, set a day to get married and, and, and go forward. Okay, you did the physicality. Okay, now let's clean it up by getting married. Let's clean it up. Let's, let's, we have to now focus on the goal. I deal with this a lot. That I tell people, listen, okay, it is what it is, but now look how much extra drama it's bringing you. What happens is the more physicality we get, it, it brings, it brings, it brings, much more problems, much more headaches and, and obstacles. And sometimes these obstacles become sometimes the, the things that break off the relationship. Okay. When it comes to marriage, parents can play a huge role in influencing the outcome of the relationship, either positively or negatively. How should I approach those types of situations? Right, right. I, listen, sometimes I've known that parents have broken relationships and the parents need to have a specific, they can give their input, but you have to also stay in your lane. You have to stay in your lane. That's why the Gemara says, the Torah says last week's Farsha, leave your parents' house and connect to your wife. So there's the obligation is more to be connected to the wife than the parents. You have to leave your parents' house. Because one all of a sudden you're going to get married, you're going to compare your wife to your, her mother, to your mother, it becomes a disaster. So that's one of sometimes the big issue in people's marriages. There's too much comparison. The mother, you oh, my mother cooks for this, you don't cook for this. And you could see criticizing that becomes a big headache in a relationship. Okay. They have to know their place. They have to have proper boundaries. How did you meet I want to talk a little bit about... about well, I want to talk a little bit. I, I, I met my wife. I met my wife. I had a Shabbat party in my house, and she walked right into the house. I had a single Shabbat party, and she came right to my right to the doorstep. That's how I met her. Literally, so, I didn't even leave the house. What qualities did you personally focus on looking in your partner? What did your wife say or do that made you think, okay, this is it? I wanted. Obviously, my first marriage was a little different. So I was looking for more a marriage with a little bit more action, more a little bit more spice, just more desire, more spice, more life. And I married a Moroccan, <laughs> so that definitely I got I got what I wanted. But I wanted just I was looking for somebody with a little bit more, more life, just a little more goal goal oriented, more more life. It's just something that I needed, somebody that just wanted a little more, just more, more lively, more, more life than that. That's what I was, again, not everybody's looking for that. People, some people want a very safe bet. They don't want to, they want a safe, you know, they want a safe bet. I needed a little bit more action in my life. And so it was just a calling that I needed in my life, something completely different. And I think obviously it led me to this today. So how long should one date before marriage? And when is it? Again, it, it, it varies. It varies depending on the situation. But what I want you to do is, guys, I want you to, let's go back to the class a little bit. 
I want you to really focus on the guys doing the 40 day challenge, which is saying to Kuni Kali every single day and, and obviously not doing this situation, listening to my classes, because what's going to happen is once you have clarity, you're going to make, you're going to know the answer to those questions you're asking me. You get me? The whole point is once I have clarity, I know the answer in my heart. When I'm, when I don't have clarity is when I need a thousand hints. The whole point is I want to get you to clarity. Once you have clarity, you know exactly what you want. You know exactly the right person for you because it's, it's clarity. When there's no clarity, there's only these questions and fears and answers. Let's, let's first focus instead of finding out which is the best road to take in life. Let's focus first on clean, clearing, cleaning the windshield in the car so we can see where we're going. That's the whole point of this class. I want to get you to see where you're going. So let's clean the windshield. Let's clear the, the, the clean boat. Let's, let's get in, into a spiritual cleansing. So once I have clarity, I'm, I might want something else completely. Once I have clarity in my life, maybe I want a person that's much more spiritual. I don't know what I want. I can only want, know what I want when I get to know who I am, and then when I get to know who my true self is, then I get to desire and, be- and pick better things according to what I, what I need in my life. You get me? So first, we need to first get to know who we are and, re- and discover who we are. And that's the, the best way to do that is through a spiritual cleansing. And then we know what we want. So when you go on a date, when you have clarity, it's much easier to say, this is good, this is not good, versus going in there and... Am I north? Am I south? East? West? That's what I'm trying to prevent. I'm trying to prevent everybody being lost and looking for each other when nobody knows what each other wants because nobody knows who they are. That's what's happening today. I'm trying to undo that by people creating a vessel instead of going into something blind with not knowing what they want. That's the point of this class. So a lot of the questions will go away. Once there's clarity, you, you're not even going to need to ask me. You're going to know what you want because you've, you've created a vessel and you've created clarity. Believe me, when, I, when guys are doing these challenges and they fix themselves, they're, they're telling me, I met the right girl. I know she's the one. I'm inviting you to your wedding. Yes, yesterday there was a wedding. My friend Beryl, he got married. He just got married. A beautiful guy, a beautiful girl, Jennifer. And, and this was a very similar situation. And he, once he knew what he wanted... He, he didn't ask me if it's the right girl or not. He knew what he wanted. That's where I want to get you. I want to get you where you can make your own decisions by having clarity. Stopping all this stuff you're watching, starving your distractions. Be careful that every single time you go on a date, you should be marriage-minded. Don't go to, to hook up with girls. Also, if you have a lot of friends, unless you're, you know, you're building a social campaign or something, chill out a little bit on some of them and, mo- and focus more on the marriage. Focus more on the goal. That's where I really want to get to this class. I don't want to lose focus. But we, once we get to know ourselves, we know what we want. We have more clarity. That's really what we need to focus on. I hope that helps. Okay, so Good? the formula is basically starve your distraction, do a spiritual cleansing. Then you get to know who you are, and you will know what you want. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Bingo. Mazatov. Exactly. It's like going to a job fair with a thousand thousand positions and I don't know I want to be an accountant I want to be a lawyer I want to be this uh, why don't you find out what you really want and then go to the job fair and then things will go much easier for you that's what I that's what we're doing it backwards I don't have time to work on myself but I just want to look and, or give me a new app to look at you, you don't even I promise you you don't even know what you want when you become the best version of you you will probably want a different person than you originally thought you wanted and I've seen that a thousand times. When people beca- get a spiritual awakening, they said, you know what? I thought I wanted that, but you know what? I want something much more now. I have girls that tell me I demand a guy that, that learns Torah. Before, you were t- talking about learning Torah. She wasn't even thinking about that. But now, because she knew what Torah did for her, she grew spiritually. She said, I demand a guy that learns. I demand a guy that keeps Shabbat. Before, Shabbat was no big deal for her. But once she started keeping Shabbat, She's saying, I, there's no option about keeping Shabbat. So you, you understand how this works? The more spiritual you're going to grow, the more you're going to want different things in a person. So that's what I'm trying to say. If you're frustrating about looking for the one, start getting to know oneself. Spiritually cleanse yourself. 
become the one and you'll see that you are going to want completely different things. When I got divorced and I got remarried, there was no confusion. I knew exactly what I wanted. So when it came, that's it, finished, commit. But if I didn't know what I wanted, then I wouldn't have known what I wanted. And it would have been a constant, constant flipping in, in what's happening today. So you have to first know what you want. And the way to do that is by having spiritual cleansing, 40 days to go to quality cha- challenges. Another way to fix this problem is to helping other people with this problem. Another way of doing it is giving charity in secret. These are all ways that we can help rectify the spiritual blemish of Yesod. Yesod is, represents Yosef Atzadik. It's also in Kabbalah. Yesod, just to look at a chart before we end. Hold on. Just want to show you guys something. Now, this is a pipeline. This is a, this is a pipeline of blessing. This is how blessing comes down. So all, all blessing in life comes down through here. Comes from Keter, goes all the way down, and it gathers here. This represents the spiritual yesod of a person. So if things are stuck here, not only do they not go down, they go to the sides. And the sides are the other forces. So when the blessing is complete, the blessing comes through, it goes to Mahut, you receive. But when this is not, all of this gathers at here. And this is a, there's a blemish in this pipe, Everything is finished. This never recedes. This is, this is the repair, the hardest repair, because all the blessing comes from on top. This is the repair that has to be done. This is a, a typical Kabbalah chart. That means if you're learning Kabbalah without trying to master the spiritual, the spiritual organs that are responsible for the most blessing, of, and, and then, then you're not really learning, learning it the right way. So I hope everybody, I hope everybody, wish everybody the best. Believe me, I want to see more people get married. I set up a lot of people. I wish I've had the time to set people up just right now. They have so much on, on, on my head. But again, just follow the instructions. They work. Do the technology challenge. Listen to what I say. Take serious time to find your soulmate. Not, 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 oh, when I get a chance. No, take a serious time to do it. Be more serious when you date. Stop looking for girls to make you look good and start making, start looking for girls they're going to make you the right person. And that's what we really, really need to say. Like I said, don't look for the trophy wife. Look for the wife that will get you the trophy. Hashem help everybody. Hashem should bless everybody with the proper zivug. Hashem should make everybody happy. And Hashem should bless that all these guys should have with this Tikkun Akali challenge, which is 40 days of Tikkun Akali, and obviously not, not wasting seed and all that, which is the ultimate key to wealth and health and happiness, etc. Right? That's today's class. Thank you, guys. Thank you.